Hello and welcome to Crazy Russians in DevOps podcast, where we're talking about all things DevOps, from technology to culture, with heavy Russian accent. Welcome to this episode of Crazy Russians in DevOps, podcast about DevOps technology and culture with heavy Russian accent. And today we're trying our first um, live uh, live show. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how many people would be interested in this type of content. And today I have my friend and co-host uh, Baruch Sadagurski. Uh, well, hello. A couple of notes here. First of all, this is the first ever crossover episode uh, in which we not oh, yeah. only do an oh, episode yeah. of Crazy Russian in, in, in DevOps, we also do an episode in DevRel Radio. And uh, that's because we are lazy to record two different episodes. So we are going to record one and post for both of them. How about that? That's a very good idea. It's not about laziness. It's about uh, covering more different audiences. And also, I think we can say this is internal joke. What we can say that um, let's when when Victor and Baruch start new podcast or going to the new podcast or or doing some existing podcast and how long it will take for them to um, not talk about conferences. So essentially, today we're going to be talking about some conferences, but not. What do you expect? But uh, we will be we'll be talking about conferences uh, on a slightly different angle. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Bark? Yeah, so uh, that's that's the idea of this uh, of this crossover. It will be useful both for uh, developer relation practitioners and for um, people in uh, people in 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 DevOps that uh, want to share their knowledge. So yeah, I think that will be a nice uh, a nice crossover. So uh, so what are we going to talk about? Yeah, it's it's, it's good good point that um I I summoned I summoned all the speakers and hosts of this podcast to talk about a couple of things. So uh I I would say one of the tweets that I recently read in internet um and in general, some of the things, uh, some change. This year, I I got honor and pleasure to be in a program committee from like one small niche conference that uh, my company, uh, Confluent, helps to organize. It's a community conference called Kafka Summit. And uh, we already have a program uh, finalized for Kafka Summit London, and we opened a call for papers for Kafka Summit Austin. So uh, Europe uh, this year, we're going to be hosting events in London, and for North America, we're going to be hosting this in uh, in Austin. Not in New York, not in San Francisco, but somewhere in between. Hey, <laughs> Austin. So, and the, the thing what I wanted to discuss with you, Bark, today, uh, since you, you've been in, um, in a kind of, you know, both sides of these barricades um, about how to submit uh, your your proposal for your talk, that won't suck. And as a, as a conference organizer and a program committee member or maybe even chair in some other conferences, how to deal with um, 
with this uh, call for papers and what kind of uh, advices we can give to people um, to 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 work on their uh, proposals and what they want to speak about. So we will provide some of uh, some of the tips. And uh, again, this is uh, totally improvised as well as we always do. We're not uh, we're not preparing, but hey, we're professionals, right? So the good news about not being over prepared is that this episode is actually happening. Oh yes, exactly. Because it's too much anxiety when you start thinking about this and you want to feed a lot of things. But we'll see how this, again, the, if this episode will be well received and we will get uh, uh, positive feedback in terms of um, things that we will talk about would be, you know, interested for people, we might be do another one like a follow up, but let's see how it goes. So first of all, yeah, yeah. So, so first of all, yes, done is better than perfect. So we're doing it. And hashtag DevOps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple of uh, couple of credentials on my side. So obviously we have Jeffrey User Conference, Swamp Up, uh, the CFP just closed a week ago. So we are now in the um, uh, in the process of selecting talks. That was one of the triggers for for this episode. Some things that we saw in our CFP that made our hair go gun. Uh, uh, among other things and um, also another very powerful experience in terms of being of uh, on um, on a program committee is uh, uh, kubecon um, amsterdam that uh, comes upon us in uh, uh, in the end of of march and i was um, uh, blessed and honored to be on the program committee um, on the general program committee for the CICD track, and then was honored to be selected a, a, a track uh, host, which means that we uh, did the, uh, uh, me and Lara Taco did the next step of selection, selecting from uh, looking at the con- uh, at the uh, at what um, the um, general program committee picked and, and making um, almost final decisions. After that, they were reviewed by the uh, by the chairs. Uh, but uh, um, another step in in the decision making in KubeCon, and that's obviously a very very powerful experience in terms of being on this side. Also, obviously, that will be a great place to mention uh, DevOps, uh, the the conference with the name uh, with the best name ever, and Pan is uh, obviously uh, um, intended, big and time, that's. Yeah, and that's Moscow in the end of April. The CFP is actually still open, but uh, the way it works uh, um, in the conferences that uh, Jagger Group organizes is that it's a continuous acceptance progress. Uh, so we keep uh, looking at the new uh, submissions that come in as they come in instead of waiting for the CFP to close and then sorting them out. So okay. I was. Let me, uh, let me stop you right yeah. here. This is actually very interesting. Uh, very interesting point. So uh, let's uh, kind of spend like a few minutes to talk to this about. So some conferences they f- follow the formal processes. Let's call it like a waterfall, right? Uh, when the waterfall process, everything will be you know stages. There would be some deadlines, and you will waiting for um, speakers to submit. You will have a formal deadline, and only after that program committee just like a scout and they do kind of uh, the scram and they going through all proposals like all 500 600 <laughs> overnight and after that maybe couple a uh, couple weeks of discussion in terms of like what kind of proposals went uh, uh, went in and after that uh, the program committee is done right so and after that the the program organizers will just like put this on the 
on the schedule. And on another hand, we have this like, continuous process, right? More and more fluid, more agile, uh, where, uh, first of all, why, why people doing this, Baruch? How do you think? Like, why? Um, so let's, let's talk about this. Like, what's yeah. the. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that one is waterfall and the other is agile. It's just, uh, it's just the different, different style of doing things. And both are, are acceptable. Both have pros and cons. And, uh, for uh, one of the requirements for this continuous progress is that the program committee has a very good, uh, communication process uh, set up because you need to constantly debate incoming proposals. Uh, and that requires people uh, knowing each other, being in contact with each other, and meet uh, rather frequently, like once a week, to review all the new proposals in the pipe. And sometimes uh, this is not possible. Um, now obviously, the benefits is that you have your program highlights um, uh, clo- um, uh, sooner, so the attendees know what to expect and don't have to wait until uh, you know all the agenda is is published at, at once, which is which is nice and help to market the conference. From the other side, it has downsides of not seeing the whole um, options before uh, making making the picks. And um, this is obviously where more traditional style of review when all the submissions are done, the CFP closed, and now we can review actually comes, um, I think, is, is, is uh, giving you so the a better picture of what's going on. What to expect and don't have to wait. And another reason, another benefit of reviewing everything in one batch is that you can compare the um you can compare the selections properly so for example one of the systems that i advocate for for doing cfp sessionize.com they have a very nice evaluation um, system in place in which you compare you see three talks in the yeah, mm-hmm. three talks on one screen, and then you select your first pick, your second pick, and your third pick, and uh, keep doing, keep comparing talks with each other until you have your your ranks, even um, if you are not very consistent. Kind of like so a swap, swap sort, or what's the what's called? Like you go in through different talks and just throw in away. There, each, like I bet, I I bet there is mathematical term for this kind of comparison. But hey, we're not, no we're not in Google, so we don't know. We don't know algorithms. We are barely engineers, so we can allow ourselves just to say this is how it works. People understand. We might not look as smart as people who know the term, but who cares? Yeah, so but anyway, you can always write us a comment in Twitter um, and... Uh, point out to <laughs> to right places as uh, people in internet usually do yeah so um anyway there are pros and cons of bunch of them i wouldn't say that one of them is preferred different conferences can um, do different stuff so for example for kubecon doing the continuous thing cannot work because the program committee is very large and people don't really know each other um, and and uh, uh, bringing them all together to discuss uh, different proposals is almost impossible. So we wait until the CFP is done and then everybody vote and uh, and then it moves to the next level of voting of the of the um, track host and then to the last uh, um, approval of the of the chairs um, and and this is fine. So I kind of disagree with you that one is waterfall. 
which in our industry obviously is a synonym of a bad process and the other of agile which in our industry is a synonym of a good process instead it's just depending on the style and on the goals of the conference if you need some highlights soon enough you'll probably pick the you will have to pick them sooner if that's not something that your sales are dependent on it's for kubecon for example then you don't have this pressure the um speaking about uh, like sales and and stuff so for many of people um it's uh, somehow can be surprised but yeah the conference is a business it's an enterprise and it's a whole like a project planning project management held by itself so the call for paper is just one of the steps in this in, the, in this in this hell there's multiple things that we're not going to be touching today but yeah this is very important to point out yeah so that um, multiple things multiple drivers that mm, maybe you know you've seen during the life when you're submitting your proposal or if you're in program committee um, there's certain things certain deadlines um, usually have attached like a mandatory value so um so okay so we have a two processes this is uh this is all very nice uh this is all very good and uh yeah um maybe i uh, use um different sets of words again this is a crazy russians in devops uh, podcast uh with russian accent uh english is a second language so hey uh we have our disclaimer now the Let's talk about the first thing. So um, before we become those like uh, mystical, magical program committee wizards, uh, we started by submitting um, proposals. So we're not going to be talking about the motivational side of things, why you want to submit this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, maybe it's a part of your job. Maybe it's a part of the thing that you want to do uh, apart from the job. You need to submit one of your talks to conference so let's start first thing like how you would research right so how you would start how you would find that you know the conference is uh, you know accepting things how you would do this research bar so how you would know um is there any resources that help you to track keep track of things in terms of what kind of conferences are running around the world what kind of topics they're accepting and what's your process here yeah, so uh, just to uh, bring some uh, um, some perspective on where we stand in terms of important uh, program committee members and humble submitters to, to conference, I think would, uh, actually being on the side of people who submit and try to get accepted is... Uh, is much better description of both of us than, you know, sitting on the Olympus and, and sorting through, um, through the proposals. Uh, we have some, uh, kind of internal view for a couple of the conferences that we in, uh, are involved, but we are much more, uh, on the side of people who submit and fingers crossed and, and hope that we did a good job in uh, uh, advocating for our talk than the other way around. So uh, um, as, as I mentioned in the description of this episode on video, we, um, we are in the same boat with the audience. We really are not sure uh, how the good submission looks like. And, and the whole um, idea of this episode is to try and figure it out together with you. Um, now, uh, regarding for a uh, tracking where uh, uh, where we can find uh, um, amazing conferences, 
um, it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge because obviously conferences are all all around. Some of them have um, used standard tools for CFP. The others have their own. Some of them uh, is a franchise that have a lot of conferences that you can look at at one place. The others are um, the other way around. We used to have a very nice uh, resource that was called Lanyard. Um, let let it rest in peace. Um, that was a wiki-style community gathered um, a list of conferences that was uh, very nice and very um, um, and, and had a lot of conferences in it. Uh, but uh, then Eventbrite acquired them and basically lost uh, any interest in maintaining. It was in kind of a passive mode uh, for for a while, but now I don't even know if it's if it's up anymore. Uh, yeah, so that was very, mm, you know, you you brought some of the interesting memories from 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 five six years ago. Um, so there is couple couple resources that like I am monitoring. Uh, there is a we'll put the links to to show notes. Um, so there is a mailing list with like open CFPs. I forget like CFPs weekly or something like that. There are a few of those. I will uh, I will share. I will share some of the mm, some of the events that uh, some of the like the, the links that I personally use. Um, another thing, since um, I don't know how about you, Baruch, but also in in my company, in my organization, the the work with community, work with uh, with conferences, also um, has a has like certain like people who. Who track certain conferences that would be good to appear from perspective of region, from perspective of um, the business, from perspective of what kind of audience we're trying to um, we're trying to attract with our talk. So, like we in 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 my company in in, in Confluent, we we actually maintain our own internal database of um, of proposals. And uh, thanks to uh, one of my colleagues, Robin Moffat, uh, kudos to him. Um, he built sort of automation around the things. For example, there's a Slack bot that reminds that, oh, CFP for, say, Vox Days Milan is closing in two, in two weeks. Um, so in this case, uh, people who um, internally, we, we, we building a community of speakers for people who um, in particular region, they might submit, uh, submit their talk uh, there. So... Uh, share uh, share with us uh, the tools that you use to do this. Uh, meetup.com usually good place. Um, um, we're not going to be talking about meetups per se because uh, meetups have more uh, relaxed uh, the process of submitting things. You just need to you know contact the organizer. Um, but sometimes uh, some of the meetups they on announce that they help to organize or they might be you know getting some um, some some promotion from certain conferences so uh, meetups also might have uh, links to the conference plus um, you as a if you want to be in this kind of world of uh, professional speaking you need to maintain a list of the conferences that are um, very influential for certain uh, industries for example like if we're talking about kubernetes obviously uh, you need to be a kubecon if you want to be in the java world there was a very good conference there used to be very good conference that um, was known as java one um, in another conference that we're not gonna be, uh, we're gonna be drinking for for this for this conference. Um, 
and uh, if uh, you own a particular industry, there I'm pretty sure there is some um, few tiers of the conference. There's some conference that has everyone like for um, for I don't know. Like I, I used to be in the in the JavaScript world. I don't know what kind of uh, uh, JavaScript is leading leading JavaScript conference these days. Um, I would say there are some conferences that in general. Uh, have a good coverage and general good good quality. For example, conferences organized by O'Reilly. It's a you know small publishing company. Um, they do have a conference about big data, conference about DevOps, conference about performance, um, and uh, about open source. So if you in say you're doing open source things, you want to try to get your spot and speak at OSCON. Uh, very high. Uh, uh, visibility conference and it's generally good to have it in your in your portfolio as you as a as a professional speaker. So um, once again, if you have a certain particular tools, share with us. Again, reach out in Twitter. It's a J Baruch and the JM USA uh, in Twitter. So do not forget uh, to tag us there. All right. Okay. So, so on the on the good news, I'm going to blow your mind away please, and please the do. mind of our three three listeners. Okay. There is there is a silver bullet. There is a solution for our pain. Google it's called Tulula. It's called Tulula. T U L U dot L A. Sounds um, like uh, uh, some of the also Russian speaking people were absolutely. Absolutely. Sveta and Slava are behind this amazing effort. And I have to say that they not only replaced uh, Lanyard, they by far su- su- surpassed what Lanyard is, uh, uh, was, uh, was giving us. Uh, it has the list of all the conferences. It has the list of open call for papers. You can subscribe for a call for papers by geography, by uh, industry, by interest, and then get notifications when they're open, uh, going to open and close. Uh, they also have, uh, Amazing resources, for example, um, a curated list of events, and that's something that they pick and think that you might be interested. There are um, um, amazing stuff like the Speaker's Lounge, when it's a curated list of blogs on the topic. So, for example, what we discussed today on how to get accepted to the conferences, uh, they have a list of a lot of blog posts talking about the same topic, probably better than we do. Uh, and uh, a I have to say this is an extraordinary effort that I use every day and my my fear of missing out of conferences has disappeared completely thanks to uh, to their work uh, thumbs up highly recommended again tulula t u l u dot l a go there be there and your problems of finding conferences is is over all right, so uh, they can be sponsors of this podcast. Um, anyway, so I, I can. Well, this podcast can be sponsor of them because they are uh, doing exa- the amazing job. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we will find the ways how we can collaborate on this one. Now. All right. So um, you, we we find this. We start. Um, we start. We went to the website and start submitting the talk. Baruch, how to do? How to create a proposal that won't suck? How you creating your proposal that your proposal was, you know, get accepted? What are tips and tricks that we can 
bring the people. And also, uh, think about this. We're not, we're not just bragging about here. We're trying to help ourselves because, oh, dear people, if, um, I, I, again, I'm not calling out any names or, or whatnot, but there are some times when uh, we're receiving certain proposals and, oh, my God. Um, so this is why I'm, I'm, we're trying to educate and um, help people to write better proposals. So in future, we will suffer less from reading those. So it's kind of like a Ouroboros, right? We're trying to um, um, the, the bite the tail <laughs> of this beast of um, um, fighting against the bad uh, conference proposals. All right. So what's your tips? Like what, uh, how you start? What's your process? What's your process? Uh, so Instead of, like, not, we're not talking about copy pasting from like existing stuff, but like from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, being on, on the, on the program committee really helps because it gives you the, the perception of what the members of the program committee really look for. And uh, me as a, as a person of a program committee, when I look at the, uh, at the proposal, you need to remember that most of the time, except of some exceptions like uh, the VOOPs and the other conferences organized by a Jaguar group, this proposal is the only thing that you know about the talk. You won't speak with the speaker before they got on stage and try to clarify what this talk is going to be about. You don't know um, a lot of time if this speaker is capable of communicating their ideas clearly or not. All you have is this one paragraph and you need to decide yes or no. And, and this is why this one paragraph is so important. This is why um, uh, you need to be very, very a conscious when, when, when writing it because this is how this is your entire introduction to your talk to the program committee and uh, it's hard because there is a trade-off here there is a, a fine line you don't want to be uh, too verbose and and uh, and too uh, detailed in it because first people just won't read a lot of text, right? You try to need to be concise and short, and also you don't win. To, you don't want to give away too much of your talk in the abstract because um, if the abstract says it all about your talk, maybe we can skip your talk at all. So it has to be a little bit of a teaser. It has to to have a room for the surprise during the talk, but it also has to be detailed enough. So it is. Um, it is a, um, a very a fine, fine line to walk here. So, if you ever went to to bookstore and you're trying to pick up new book to read, um, th there's always like in the back of the book or on the very beginning of the book, there's sure the paragraph that does exactly what we're trying to describe. This, the purpose of this paragraph is to make you buy this book and read this book. Same thing with your abstract. The, the purpose of this uh, paragraph is, first of all, get you accepted so the organizers will see that uh, you um, you will be deliver some value for um, um, for conference goers, for, for attendees. And second of all, your um, because your proposal will be used as, as a teaser, as a, as a description of your talk that allows you to attract people to your to your talk sometimes conference organizers they also asking uh for um 
like kind of sort of references and these days uh, references are all over internet so usually if you have a previous uh, speaking engagement you might have a recording somewhere or you can record yourself like we're doing right now so here's our credentials this is my pause this is my tail and this, this is all my credentials um <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course, and uh, also only Russian. That was a very, very <laughs> Russian reference. Very, very, very deep Russian reference. Again, hashtag Russian. Anyway, uh, and uh, in this particular case, it's a good thing to have. However, I would like to say that this is, will not replace uh, your uh, your abstract because even though organizers asking you to provide these things. It's very rarely when they have a time to watch all the videos that uh, people submit. Because again, uh, this year for very small niche conference uh, in in London, we receive over three hundred proposals. Like um, it is, it is substantial. It's not, it's not uh, something that's um, probably. KubeCon organizers or KubeCon uh, track hosts would see because it's a very popular conference and a lot of people uh, want to talk about their thing around uh, Kubernetes. However, think think about this, right? So there is limited time in life of people. So that's why you need to work on, you know, catch their their attention somehow. Uh, yeah, and um, I also wanted to talk about this video reference, which is which is extremely important. But I want to defer it after we speak about all the all the written pieces. Okay. So uh, we spoke about we spoke about the abstract, and this abstract is tricky because it's both for the program committee, but also for the audience. So you have this balance of what I want to share or what I want to keep in a surprise. Now, the, there is a solution for this problem, and that's a second piece that we usually have in the uh, when you submit, and that will be your notes to the committee. It will usually be a, another um, text area that you can express your your feel your your thoughts in, and this uh, is not going to be public. And this is very. I see a lot of people just copy pasting the abstract into this uh, into those notes, and this is a mistake because. This, those notes are another opportunity to convince the program committee that uh, your talk is going to be good and copy-pasting the abstract is actually throwing this opportunity away, which is rather stupid. Instead, put a detailed plan there. Talk about what you're going to do. Here you can give away all the secrets. It's not public. It's only for a program committee. And you want to give the program committee as, as, as much detail as possible. So here is where you go and into details and describe um, what you're going to talk about, how your demo is going to look, what are the takeaways, what are the plot twists, and be very, very detailed. Even I mean, the, the best is just having a plan of what are you going to talk about with bullets. It will also help you to build the talk afterwards because you start with the plan. And if you already built a talk, you have this plan uh, laid out, so just go ahead and, and, and put it in the, in the notes for the committee. This is extremely important because remember, the abstract and those notes is everything the committee knows about you. So uh, not about you, about your talk. So go ahead and use this space as well. The third part is your bio, a description of the speaker. No one cares about again, this. Is, <laughs> hmm? No one cares about this. 
Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So, it's yeah. a, it's, it's a, yeah. it's so, a reference again, to our credentials back in uh, in the, my previous yeah. comments. Yeah, so so this is all this is all the program committee knows about you. They might want to look you up in LinkedIn or whatever, but chances are they will. Chances are they will read your bio and they will try to understand who are you. Are you qualified to give this talk? Will the community care about you? And uh, this is obviously another place to make an impression, although this is also a tricky one because you might um, um, put some things there we are, which are not exactly true but make you look more appealing and um, it might work sometimes, but if you get caught and uh, if there are some discrepancies between what you put in a bio and what can be uh, found in other places, this is how you burn your credibility and chances are you will just be blacklisted and will never be selected to this conference or any other conference with the same members of the program committee. So you need to be honest. Should you describe yourself in the best possible way? Of course, because this is what uh, both uh, the committee will look when we decide whether you are a good speaker, but also will be published on the website and in the in the agenda and this is what the attendees will look at to decide if they want to go to your talk or any other talk so you definitely should look good in your bio one sentence of um, a developer in acme.inc is not a very appealing bio but also be careful in being honest and credible in what you write so think about the uh, think about the bio bio is um first of all internet members like uh just speaking about credibility and the things that um uh when someone needs to dig <laughs> dig up things um but another thing also do not make it like too big like um stay it's it's a fine line and uh, this is something that uh you will develop uh over time so it's not necessarily like even though um you can be like software engineer, developer for, for many, many years. Like with resume, there should be kind of sort of um, the, on the very beginning of your resume that like a few sentences that summarizes your experience. Same thing uh, with your speaking experience. You don't need to go ahead and just uh, like enumerate all the conferences that you spoke or all meetups or whatnot, right? So try to find um, things that would be you know, appealing, uh, that makes you credible. But this is actually a very good segue. Uh, think about, it's a, it's, a, it's a good segue to the content of uh, Call for Paper again. Um, it's not about you. So I will make a kind of mind-blowing, uh, uh, mind-blowing uh, reveal here. It's not about you. It's not about your... Uh, how awesome you on the stage in the red pants or or top hat hat top hat it's about speaker so you want to speak not because you're cool and you want to be in front of audience you want to genuinely try to teach something new people otherwise it won't work you know you will find um the this how how I can explain this like this uh, like a false appealing this kind of like uh, imposter thing it will be very people people feel it like when the people are just blah blah people all they trying to uh, teach you something something interesting um, so this is why again if you want to build a career in this type of space think about speak uh, think about um, um, attendees what 
uh, they get. So this is why things that Baruch mentioned in the past, having good understanding what this talk will be about, what would be takeaways, what would people will learn, what kind of things they will get after. Um, so say, oh, in this talk, you will see live coding of production ready application, and uh, we will commit to prod on stage on Friday. Yes, this is fantastic. That will show incredible skills how you can um, uh, do multiple things simultaneously. However, think about this what kind of giveaways, what kind of takeaways people will get. Um, in this case, like it's going to be slides available, or maybe some uh, GitHub project available, or maybe some uh, detailed playbook, which is also would be much more, much better. Um, of things what you will be doing there. Um, so think think about this, what people will get, what kind of things. And also, what also helps, think about this, like if you do step back and kind of withdraw yourself from the situation, think about what would be, if I would be conference attendee, what I would learn from this, what kind of interesting things that I would like to learn myself. So in this case, it will put you in the position that other people might be also interested in this particular thing. Uh, yeah, Victor, thank you for bringing us back to, to, to the reasons of why, why at all people submitted conferences. And, um, uh, I think that the distinction that you, that you made is, is very important, uh, because, um, this is, this is what matters. And one of the, um, I, I read a lot of books on conference speaking and, and, and what's not, uh, and one of the one of the most interesting ones uh, in terms of understanding why you want to give a talk and why you sh should give a talk is called uh, deliver the tech talk. Um, it's um, it's by uh, uh, Jeremy Donovan, the or one of the organizers of the tech TED conferences but, uh, that you obviously know about. And uh, although TED talks are different from uh, talks at um, at uh, technical conferences. Uh, technology conferences there is one thing there are a lot of similarities and and one of the one of the main messages uh, of jeremy uh, in the chapter when he speaks about how to come with an idea and why at all you want to talk there is that it's not about you as a speaker it's not about showing off your skills it's about giving idea a chance to go across to the audience and flourish there and 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 strike um, and thrive so it's it's about the idea that you have and you want to share and you need to crystallize this idea you need to understand what it is and you need to um, kind of predict will this idea take roots in the audience and will the audience will be will be interested in and um, Victor building on the example that you gave a live demo on how to deploy um, directly to production um, on on Friday is a good great demonstration of your skills as a speaker uh, and probably not the best idea to uh, carry over to the audience so it hits the wrong check mark here it's about you not about the idea this is not a good idea for a conference talk um, yeah, this book is highly recommended all of its chapters are great um, yeah, there are some great advice on how to deal with uh, anxiety before public speaking and all that obviously for the sake of this episode um, the chapters about how to come with the idea and how to pitch it 
to the to the program community are 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 the best match highly uh, highly recommended yeah uh, when you said this word like pitch it actually brings me this idea this is how you your abstract think about your abstract is your uh, if you're more like a business oriented person it's like your sales pitch you know some of the things that Think about this. You met this program committee somewhere in the hallway or in elevator, and you have like literally few sentences to tell them. This is how you're going to sell your talk. So bring back to the topic of this podcast about uh, abstracts. Um, a colleague of us and a colleague of mine and a friend of us, uh, Tim Berland, he actually recorded the a very short video where he um, summarizes some of his thoughts about this. So this is why uh, he said, hey, um, I'm not here, but uh, here, the, here's the video um, where he he approaches the, the abstract writing from perspective of like storytelling. And it's actually a short story. It's, just, it's like, I remember this, uh, this, uh, this joke bark, or maybe it's not a joke, that uh, Ernest Hemingway uh, has this ability to write very short and very touchy story and there's even like some contents who writes a like a short story that will touch you deeply just contains uh, two three words basically so same thing about the abstract so it's it's a short story that tells um some of the background um tells what you're going to be uh telling talking about this particular in, in this particular field and after that the key takeaways right um it's a very uh very um, well-structured things, right? So you have introduction, you have this uh, uh, climax where you basically this is going to be meat of your of your presentation, and after that there is a some um, some of the like after aftermath, so of the uh, of this of this of this story. So think about this writing this a um, proposal that is um, that is like you're writing a story. Like yeah that. yeah and uh, pitch yeah so that's that's very um a very good analogy um and uh, another uh, maybe the last part that uh, i want to discuss is the part of providing a video of your that that will pr- that will highlight your presentation skills uh, some uh, pro- conferences uh, some forms some few forms make this field uh, mandatory and uh, i for one for one uh, highly recommend conference organizers doing that in others there is like optional field that you can put a link to um, a url to youtube or something and there are third that don't even have this um, field uh, at all but i think that uh, providing this video is no less important than the other three pieces uh, of the CFP application that we mentioned. The abstract, the notes for the committee, and your and your bio. Because, um, as we mentioned, the committee won't have any communication uh, with the um, um, uh, with, with the speaker probably at all, except of those uh, except of this CFP submission. So this video is your only chance uh, to prove the committee that you um, that you are able to communicate your thoughts in the coherent understandable uh, manner uh, so this is critical this is um, not less important than the than the abstract itself. Um, if this field exists and it's mandatory, that's great. You just fill it in. If this field does not exist, put the video to your mm, to to you speaking 
in the um, um, in the notes to yeah. the committee. That's I actually think. a very good idea. And I remember the times when this type of thing is was like pissing me off. But think about this: like if you feel uncomfortable in your you know home office or work office, whatever, just talking to your your phone how comfortable you will be on the stage with hundreds of people in front of you. So it's it's just no-brainer. It's just a, for for speaker, it's just a very natural thing to, you know, speak to people, right? So, so this is why do not miss this opportunity if there is a chance to provide video to talk about this. Why um, usually it, it's like it's this thing is bringing your chances to get accepted because you can use your facial expression, you use all this um, body language, you can show how you can well articulate your ideas. And again, it's going to be short, you can have as many takes as you want, right? It's not like you go in there and doing this like sales speech in front of people in elevator, where it's all or nothing, where you have this opportunity to sit in front of the camera in a very comfortable uh, environment and talk about things and after that choose one of the best takes from this. So um, this is my advice as well. I, I, I concur the things that Varg mentioned here. So yeah, so just to summarize, if you have a, a recording of your talk, which is... Um, uh, which is good, and you you feel uh, you feel good about it. Uh, go ahead and use that. Uh, if don't, if you don't, uh, either your you never spoke that your first time, or you did something and it wasn't recorded, or you are not very pleased with the outcome of how the previous recorded uh, recording went. Just record two minutes video about your talk that you are going to deliver. It hits all the right, uh, all the right check marks. It gives the co the community uh, the opportunity to see that you are able to speak and articulate your ideas. It gives you another opportunity to uh, to uh, pitch your talk, and this is something that uh, others don't have because you just have this another two minutes of FaceTime. Uh, with uh, uh, with the committee and this is great and as victor mentioned you can make you can make it to perfection taking as many uh, as many takes as um, um as you as you want so don't pass on this opportunity even if you don't have anything pre-recorded don't wave it up with well i don't have any video of myself talking don't do that instead record a video uh, uh, pitch your talk to the program committee and this is a, a one big advantage and one big plus in in our books all right i think um this is we went uh, at some like very low-hanging things um <coughs> let us know in comments uh, you can find all episodes of devrel radio on devrel devrelred.io and you can find all episodes of uh, crazy russians in devops on pod.link/crid um you can uh, reach out to us in twitter um uh, it's j baro here and um, my my Twitter is J Gamusa basically, so you'll find it. Uh, J Gamusa, okay. <laughs> J Gamusa. Um, so um, yeah, so stay in touch. Again, uh, this is highly regular uh, show. Uh, <laughs> what we usually do. Two highly regular shows. Yeah, two two highly regular shows. But hey, um, you know we tried, we tried, and we uh, we doing. Um, 
we're doing our best. So for that's it, Bar. Uh, do you have any like closing remarks uh, for our speakers? Yeah, yeah. So absolutely, go go ahead and with those tips, try to come up with uh, um, with a good proposal and submit it to um, a lot of conferences. The the normal ratio that you will get accepted is uh, what like one to ten, I would say. Sound right? I think I think also we can plug some of the conference. Do, can you still submit to a Swamp Up conference? No, Swamp Up, C, Swamp Up CFP is closed. The Whoops is is still open, so that's a nice, very nice opportunity. Uh, and actually, the benefit of DevOps comparing to other conferences that I already mentioned is that uh, the program committee works with you, train you, teach you, help you uh, be the uh, help you present the, the best version of your talks possible. So even uh, if you are not sure if your talk is good enough, um, the DevOps is is one of those conferences that will lift you up and make your talk better. So uh, still, the CFP is still open. Very very recommended. And Kafka Summit. Kafka Summit Austin uh, call for papers is is open. Um, I'm part of program committee. You can reach out on any questions about uh, what you should submit. Oh, another thing that we didn't discuss this, I forgot, is uh, how uh, conference organizers can help. So, for example, um, probably might be talk about it on a different on a different episode. But hey, uh, we were we were doing some of the we definitely will be doing uh, some office hours, meaning that uh, we'll we'll have a some of the time online when the people can submit their abstracts and we can help them to, um, like Baruch may say it, like clarify and crystallize these ideas from their talks and make their abstracts better. But um, again, we can, if we'll get uh, enough uh, responses for, 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 this, uh, for this episode, we will um, follow up on this and maybe bring some other um, experts in the field. Um, but like who we... Um, who we trying to who we trying to fool here, right? So we expert for ourselves. <laughs> no, 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 no. We will we we will bring great guests. Yes. So yeah, going back to my closing pitch that you took completely off. Yep. Um, this is what I do. Topic. This is this is yeah. this is what we do to to each other. Uh, yeah. So uh, the the pause that I introduced it was for you to confirm that one in ten is is the right ratio. Instead, you jump on it and hijack it completely. So is it a good assumption one in ten? Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a, it's pretty good assumption. Yeah. Yep. So so yeah. So that, that that means that if you want to try and speak in a couple of conferences, you need to submit to fifty of them or or, or whatever. So use the resource that we mentioned use uh, Tulula uh, use your your colleagues and their knowledge uh, about conferences that are going on and submit submit submit. Uh, do it wisely. Uh, use uh, some of our tips, read the, the, all the blog posts and, and the books that uh, we will post in the show notes and, and, and good luck. And we hope to see you submitting to some of the conferences we are involved and also hope uh, to see you speaking in other conferences that we attend, which is, um, there is a good chance that we will see you. All right. And stay tuned for next episodes. And as always, have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crazy Russians in DevOps. As always, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and rate this show to show your support. And as always, have a nice day.